D-S-N-Y. couple weeks ago are you just not wearing a hat no i got a haircut a couple weeks ago um but my hat is not downstairs and i do not feel like going to get it so it's a combination of both it's a combination mostly my own personal laziness um also i mean baseball season's over as you can see i've i've fully moved on to the new york knicks uh who haven't started yet and i expect them to be very disappointing um but you know that's that's the winter sport. Every year you just gotta you just gotta hope that maybe your team catches a miracle. Uh, the Knicks never seem to. I've never seen them be a real winning, contending team before. Uh, but we'll see. There's not a lot of baseball to talk about, so I just have to move on to basketball for the winter. Fingers crossed. I mean, yeah, you you gotta cheer for your teams. So keep it up. I mean, the Knicks could definitely use some fans. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you're in the same spot with the Cowboys. The Cowboys stink, but the only difference is the Games. Cowboys actually have a chance to make the playoffs because the rest of the NFC East is also terrible. Oh, James, it has been a nightmare to say the least. I mean, I, that's all I can say. It yeah, has I mean, been I, have, I have Zeke on my fantasy team, so I'm fully aware that the Dallas Cowboys are not good right now. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Um, all right. Well, since we don't have that much baseball to talk about, and we probably aren't going to have that much baseball to talk about for a while, since this is going to be the weirdest free agency ever, I doubt anything starts getting done relatively soon. Uh, I'm thinking from now on, maybe we just keep it to a tight half hour. Maybe we see if we can pull that off. I know we've never been able to in the past. We always find something to talk about for an hour. I think maybe we just blow through all the news in half an hour. I think we can do it at least worth a shot right absolutely so this is episode 79 of the bleacher creatures yankees podcast presented by elite sports new york crossing broad and warwick gaming as always brought to you by rivercrest nyc and for the first time ever james's hair and... i know it's a new thing i i'm not sure how i feel about it but it's a new thing i, I honestly think uh, how long have we known each other two years just about, I would say. I, I think this is the first time in two years that you've ever seen me without a hat on. I I can attest to that. I video think video or in person. We've only gone to one game together, so that would have been the only opportunity for you to see me without a hat. And we didn't technically go together. We just ended up being at the same game, and we ended up being like, wait a minute, you're at this game too? <laughs> yeah. just, a, just a stroke of luck. Um, yes, exactly. But all right, so Yankees news. Not a lot going on. Uh, the biggest news of the week, in my opinion, is that the Yankees offered DJ LeMahieu a qualifying offer, which would be a one-year $18.9 million contract, and they did not offer Masahiro Tanaka one. Yes, a very, very interesting concept. Um, obviously, you know that DJ LeMahieu is going to be signed for more. You know, he want, he probably wants a multi-year deal. That just seems like a DJ LeMahieu thing, and especially because he just won literally about a half an hour ago, um, his second career silver slugger, both of which came with the Yankees. So 
he's got a lot more money, obviously, but the fact that the Yankees extended him a qualifying offer, they're they're sending him a peace offering for the moment while they kind of, you know, figure things out for his contract. But I'm very intrigued as to why they did not offer Masahiro Tanaka something. Yeah, the, the whole point of the qualifying offer for DJ LeMay, I mean, you know that he's not going to accept a one-year $18.9 million contract. You know he's not accepting that. He's going to get a lot more on the open market. Uh, the point is that when he doesn't accept it, if he signs with another team, the Yankees get a compensatory draft pick. Um, so that's just really just get a little bit of something if you're not going to be able to keep DJ LeMayhew. Tanaka is the interesting factor um, because the qualifying offer is it's the same for every free agent. It's 18.9 million for everyone. It's judged on an average of the 125 highest paid uh, annual average annual value players in the league. And that decides, okay, how much is the qualifying offer going to be? It's 18.9 million this year. So when you don't offer Masahiro Tanaka that 18.9 million, it really means you're super confident that you can bring him back and you don't want him taking the one year 18.9 deal because you think you can get him for a much more affordable contract. Right. Absolutely. Hmm. It is very interesting though, to think about. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think there's anybody on earth who would predict that Masahiro Tanaka is not coming back to the New York Yankees. We already know he is. He belongs here. Everybody loves him. The pitching staffs loves him. The coaches love him. The fans love him. Um, Garrett Cole loves him, and Garrett Cole's family say, loves his family. He's whoop, my microphone. He's having sushi with Garrett Cole's family. Yeah, come on. We know that guy's coming back. They're just afraid right. that maybe a one-year $19 million contract would be like, you know what, maybe I just signed for one year, take this huge AAV, and then just try it again next year, see what happens. I mean, honestly, that might be the way to go for him anyway, but you can tell he just loves the Bronx. It's the only place he's known since he's been over to the United States. So that just seems like, it just seems like the right fit. And the Yankees love him. They've appreciated him over the years. I just, you're right. I don't see him signing anywhere else, but I say that now and things could change in two months. Yeah, so this is just baseball being weird. The Yankees want to bring back DJ LeMayhew, but they might not get him, so they offered him a contract. They already know they're bringing back Masahiro Tanaka, so they didn't offer him a qualifying offer. It's just one of those weird baseball things that, I mean, you just make sense in the long run financially, uh, but it's really weird to see that pop up on your, on your feed when people start freaking out, like, oh my God, the Yankees don't think they're going to bring back Masahiro Tanaka? It's like, no, 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 relax, relax. They just want to get them a lot cheaper than $19 million. I mean, that's honestly the same thing with, and I know this is on our topics to discuss a little bit later, but with Brett Gardner, um, you know, everyone, myself included, hears that, oh my gosh, the Yankees deny their options for Brett Gardner and Jay Happ. And you're instantly like, oh my God, that means Brett Gardner's not a Yankee anymore. He's going to retire. Not necessarily. That doesn't necessarily mean that. So, I mean, there's so many different factors and I've learned over the years because I have freaked out in those instances before. And I have learned over the years that, you know what, it's best to just remain calm. He's always back. He always comes back. I mean, he's, he's all reliable over there. Like they don't have anyone else like that. So yeah. Yeah, there are, there are absolutely zero indications that the New York Yankees do not intend to bring Brett Gardner back. They just don't want to bring him back for $10 million. 
Right. And based on his last season and his last couple of seasons, I totally understand where they're coming from. I get it. Yeah, probably worth it, especially in an offseason where teams are going to be penny pinching like nothing we've ever seen before, which kind of vaults us into our next topic of conversation. Uh, Francisco Lindor. The Cleveland Indians have made it very clear that they are going to get Francisco Lindor off of their books before the 2021 season starts. And the New York Yankees have been mentioned as a team that could maybe possibly go after him, but only by fans who don't know what they're talking about. Yes, um, agreed there. And obviously, we've talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, Francisco Lindor is the kind of guy that you really want as a franchise player. So I am shocked that the Indians just decide that, "Mm, no, we just don't want to deal with it anymore. Like, it is shocking to me. Um, I think here's the problem. If the Yankees go after, um, well, first of all, DJ LeMahieu does not resign with the Yankees. Resign and not resign. So make sure you're spelling it properly. Yeah. Steve's getting that daily reminder in. make sure you put the hyphen next to resign. And I so appreciate him for it because I've seen far too many tweets where I'm like, what are these people trying to say? But um, if DJ decides not to come back to the Yankees, Obviously, the talk about Francisco Lindor is going to be huge. But listen, I mean, you're also at this point in the season. Well, not in the season, but in the offseason where the Yankees are talking about not spending that much money. So it it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to be like, oh, we're not going to pay DJ LeMahieu what he wants, but we're going to pay this superstar shortstop to come into play. I can see where people would say he can play shortstop, Glaber Torres can play second base ta-da, everything's back to normal. But I just don't see it playing out that way for the Yankees this offseason. They've already made it very clear that that is not their goal this offseason. Absolutely. And it comes, let's just, let's just assume that DJ LeMayhew signs somewhere else. Let's just assume that Glaber Torres can play either shortstop or second base next year. Theoretically, it makes more sense that you could go out and get a Francisco Lindor, a star player, a proven star, who would be an absolutely perfect fit for this team at shortstop. Um, but you also have to consider the fact that he's going to make $21 million next year, his final year of salary arbitration, and then he's going to be a free agent. Do you feel confident that you can re-sign him to a long-term deal before he reaches free agency? Because whoever gets Francisco Lindor whoever gets him in a trade, you need to extend him right away. Cause if he gets halfway through the 2021 season, he's going to bounce in free agency. He might sign with you long-term, but it'll be at a, a free market contract. And it's probably going to be a lot more than you can extend him for right now. And Brian Cashman is not really one to make that splashy trade move. There are uh, Francisco Lindor rightfully. So is a superstar and superstars garner pretty hefty returns in the prospect market. Um, I mean, we were just talking earlier today in our Slack channel at ESNY, somebody posed trading Jason Dominguez for Francisco Lindor. Uh, absolutely fucking not never going to do that. Um, but it would take some kind of, combination of Clark Schmidt, Davey Garcia, uh, maybe Clint Frazier if he if he goes back to Cleveland because they need outfield bats. And it's just going to be too high of a price for Brian Cashman to pay for one season of Lindor unless he is 10,000% positive 
that he can re-sign Francisco Lindor long-term before the season starts or that he doesn't feel like there's another shortstop capable of producing what he can on the open market in 2021. So we're really only looking at, at one season of Lindor and then there's Correa's on the market, Story's on the market, Seager's on the market. I mean, Corey Seager is, I would be shocked if Brian Cashman doesn't look seriously into acquiring Corey Seager as a free agent because a left-handed bat, premium defensive shortstop, premium offensive hitter. I mean, he checks all the boxes. Right. And I think, I think the thing that we just keep going back to with Francisco Lindor is he's the type of guy that is that franchise player. And if you're going to trade for him, you have to extend him. You just, you can't just let him sit there for one year and be like, Oh yeah, that's good enough. No, you have to have him in that lineup every single day for multiple years. You have to have him training these younger players, which in a way he kind of already has been doing, um, and really just make the lineup so much better. Like, you can't just have one year of that, especially if it's another, like, 60-game season. That's just ridiculous. Why would you want Francisco Lindor for just 60 games when you could have him for, well, I'm no good at math. This is not a math podcast. And I guarantee you that 60 game seasons, well, fingers crossed, are not going to be the way of the future. But hopefully you have him for a long time because he is going to make a huge impact. He is that type of franchise player that you want to keep on your team for multiple years, not just one. Yeah, and it, it just comes down to a question, is Brian Cashman willing to wait out 2021 if DJ LeMahieu walks? Which, by the way, we don't expect him to. We expect the Yankees to re-sign DJ LeMahieu. I don't think that's a, that's a crazy take to put out there. I mean, it, the Yankees want him back. He wants to come back. They're just going to get it done at whatever number it takes. But assuming that he left, then you have an opening at shortstop. Do you want to trade your promising young arms and a good a uh, young hitter for a guy for one year when either you sign him long-term, which would be great. Francisco Lindor is a great player, or you can just take your chances on the open market with a strong free agent class in 2021 at shortstop and not give up any of those players. Just survive for one year with the tools that you already have in house. Well, you know what fans are going to say. Um, no, they're going to say, we want Francisco Lindor. We're the Yankees. We get whoever we want, no matter what. Well, we all know Brian Cashman is a little bit smarter than that, and he has been over the years. Um, so I don't think that he would go all in and give up the future just to have Francisco Lindor for a potential World Series season. Like we mentioned, if it was a 60-game season as well, the Yankees right now are not built for a 60-game season and extended playoffs. They just aren't. Um, so you need those extra pieces in place. But, yeah, I mean, Francisco Lindor is a hot topic, but there's so many people coming up through the market in 2020, well, after 2021 season, that are really going to be a great opportunity for the Yankees. And, you know, if they save money this year and still are competitive and talented and could potentially win a World Series, why risk uh, getting rid of some of your young guys in order to get Francisco? Yeah, absolutely. And that also vaults us into our next topic of conversation. I know it's a little out of order on the list that was provided, um, but D.D. Gregorius. There is a lot of hype around Yankees Twitter about bringing back D.D. Gregorius. It's not going to happen. 
Not going to happen. We love Didi. He's a great person. He is just not good enough to break into this lineup. He just isn't. Fine. Fine. I will accept it only because you say it, but I will tell you that Didi Gregorius was just a spark plug. He was not... (laughs) It's hard to talk about Didi Gregorius because honestly, like when you think about him, the only thing you can think of is the three run home run in the playoffs, his home runs off of Corey Kluber in 2017. But other than that, like the guy just, I love his swing. Like I do that lefty swing in Yankee stadium is just chef's kiss golden. It's great. But I feel bad. I feel bad for Didi and I would love to have him back, but like, I don't think the Yankees are going to get him back at all. No. And again, a lot of it hinges on re-signing DJ LeMayhew, um, which they're going to do. So there's no spot for him. There's just no spot for him. And even if there was a spot for him, there's better options out there. So it's just, we love Didi. Didi, one of our favorite players in the whole league. We will always love him. I will always tune into a Didi Gregorius at bat because I love Didi Gregorius the human. I just don't love Didi Gregorius the baseball player so much anymore. Didi Gregorius, great human, great artist, great videographer, great everything. Great Yankees player. Let's go with that because I respect everything he did in pinstripes for the Yankees. I think it was solid. And you know what? When he went to Philly, like when you go to Philly, you're just not as motivated because it's Philly. Like, yeah, nobody goes to Philly on purpose. Yeah, exactly. You just accidentally run through there. If you're going down 81, you're like, oh my God, I'm in Philly. What am I doing here? Get me out of here as fast as I can. (laughs) Traffic's bad. So they keep you stuck there. That is what it's all about. Yeah, and uh, Didi Gregorius probably going to end up with the Los Angeles Angels as a replacement for Angelton Simmons. Uh, he he has had just the worst breaks in, in his big payday free agency years. He finally gets to free agency. Um, coming back from Tommy John, had a bad year. Uh, signs a one-year deal with the Phillies to kind of rebuild his value. Has a pretty decent year. Not a, not a great year, but a, a decent enough year that he's going to find a job again. He's still in this game. Um, but then COVID-19 hits, and you only get 60 games of DD. And now teams are saying, we are cutting back across the board. And that's going to hurt the mid-range guys like DD Gregorius, Colton Wong, um, these guys who aren't, they're not superstars who are going to be getting nine-year contracts like a, like a Corey Seager or Francisco Lindor. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't even matter if you struggle financially for a year because you have them for eight more years. The D.D. Gregorius is probably looking at best a four-year low AAV contract. Uh, at worst, another one-year uh, reset deal just to get back to the market with the Angels. And then you know, next year, if he takes that one-year deal, next year we have the new CBA, so he might get screwed again. Yeah, poor thing. I mean, honestly, like, his time starting with the Yankees was just just exactly what the Yankees needed. They needed that spark. They needed that energy. Um, he really brought life not only to the clubhouse, but on the field and at the shortstop position because he had the impossible task of taking over after Derek Jeter. And nobody thought that he could do it because they're like, who the hell is this guy coming from Arizona? We have no clue who he is. Three team trade, just kind of a a throw in. 
But Didi Gregorius did that and more. And he did so much for New York. And I am getting so sentimental right now. I'm so sorry. I honestly, I don't, I don't think there was anyone available at the time that could have filled Derek Jeter's shoes as well as Didi Gregorius did. Not that he was the, you know, leader of the team, most talented player on the team, but just an all around perfect human being. I mean, it's impossible to hate him. You can't hate Didi Gregorius. He is absurdly talented in everything he does. I mean, he just, he just learned how to play piano while he was recovering from Tommy John. And he learns all this, the photo editing stuff and the video stuff. And he just has this insane thirst for worldly knowledge. And it's like, you can't hate that guy. He's just awesome. I know. I know. I, I, I still follow everything Dini does. I'm just like, what a guy. What a guy. I miss him. Absolutely. But, and the emoji tweets. But I'm realistic about the fact that the Yankees are likely not having a reunion with him. And that's okay. He had his time to shine here in the Bronx. I just wish him the best of luck in whatever he chooses to do. And if he's with the Angels, I certainly hope he can get some magic from Mike Trout and they can do some really awesome things out there. Absolutely. I'm, I just want the Angels to overtake the Astros in the division. I just, I think that would be so fun. Just you? You think everyone wants No, everyone that. thinks that would be fun. Everyone would enjoy that. Everyone wants Mike Trout to be in the playoffs instead of the Astros. There is not a single person on earth who would rather see the Houston Astros in the playoffs than Mike Trout. I think so. If there is one, please speak up because you are an anomaly. And no, keep... don't speak up. Don't speak up. Keep that oh, to yourself. Okay. Don't, don't let anybody know you think that. Oh, sorry. Because <laughs> I just told them we hate them. So obviously yeah, yeah don't, that's, that's something you just keep to yourself. Uh, you can think it in your, in your private moments. But if you say it out loud, you will be a baseball outcast. I'm just looking out for you. I, I just, yeah, just want to help. Absolutely. Yeah, we're looking out for you for sure. Absolutely. Okay. So we mentioned it last week. Uh, Zach Britton back finally uh, officially had his option extended. Uh, So he will be back for two more seasons. And that is a very, very important pickup for the Yankees because their bullpen was pretty much dog shit this year. Huge, huge win for the Yankees. So thank goodness they're able to get Zach Britton back. I don't think we really recognize this season how valuable he was to the pen. But I think he, he was, was the best pitcher in the bullpen. He was such an asset. I mean, like, it's easy to get overshadowed with other big names in the bullpen. Obviously, you got Rolls Chapman as closer. But he was the one that was most consistent and was terrifying when he got on the mound. And I really enjoyed watching him. And I personally didn't look at just how dominant he was until after the season ended. And I said, you know what? I didn't give this guy enough credit this year. Absolutely. And uh, of course, we'll get more hilarious video content out of him that we now know we can get out of him for the first time in 2020. We realized that Zach Burton is actually super funny. 2020, the year we found out Zach Burton was hilarious. Yes, that's definitely the only thing that happened this year. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's the only important thing, really. Yeah, and along those same lines, this is not as fun news. Uh, Tommy Canely was uh, designated for assignment by the Yankees. Uh, he's recovering from Tommy John's surgery, so it was kind of an obvious move to make. He elected to go to free agency instead of accept the assignment. No, I, I don't really know what that means for his future. I can't imagine another team coming in and, and swooping him out from under the Yankees um, Right. With Tom, I mean, with recovering from Tommy John. You know, first hearing that news, I was like, 
initially shocked, but thinking about it, obviously he's going to miss basically all of next season with, you know, recovery from the Tommy John surgery. So he's really not going to be pitching next season. He's going to be doing his rehab, you know, getting back to where he was. And he, he definitely has a lot of time to do so, but he is going to be probably missing the 2021 season. So I, I get it. It's just like, it's shocking to hear it first. Yeah. And I I'd expect him to be back. I don't think we've seen the last of Tommy tight pants in, uh, in pinstripes, Tommy thick thighs, Tommy tarp slide, all the nicknames. Wow. You've got all the nicknames and uh, I have none. What is this? <laughs> I mean, we'll come up with some more for, for Canely. I mean, Tommy, Tommy PS4. Oh yeah, sure. Sure. Madden League. Yeah. I wonder if he's on Twitch. I haven't, I haven't opened Twitch up since the, uh, since the video game baseball stopped. I haven't opened it up a single time, but I did really enjoy. And sometimes I would watch Tommy play modern warfare afterwards with, with Britain and, and Talkman and that one time Aaron judge, which was just fantastic. Um, but I mean, I, he's just, he was perfect for that. He was so much fun. He just, he couldn't pitch for shit. <laughs> no, he, he definitely struggled, but obviously he was hurting. So, and eh, you know, even though oh, I meant the, I meant he couldn't pitch for shit in the video think, game. I was literally you could yeah. see it going, you could see it going through my head. I was like, oh my god, he's talking about the video game. Now I look dumb. So here I am. I mean, he, hey, he didn't he didn't pitch too well in his very brief action <laughs> in, at the real Major League Baseball this year either. Well, I mean, that's kind of what led him to have surgery. He didn't really pitch well. Yeah. Um, fair. So maybe it was just a precursor of things to come. Fair. Um, Okay, to finish up with the Yankees, uh, unfortunately, Gio Urshela and Clint Frazier did not win Gold Glove Awards this year. Very sad, yeah. very sad. Uh, I thought Gio had a, had a pretty decent chance. I didn't, I didn't think he was the favorite, but I thought he had a pretty decent chance. I had no faith that Clint Frazier would actually win over Joey Gallo. All the numbers just pointed to Gallo. And I mean, it's great that he was nominated and I'm really excited to see if he can carry that success into 2021. Um, but I mean, it's just, we're just taking our victory lap for Clint just consistently. Yes. I'm so happy for Clint Frazier and his progression from last season to this season. I'm also super happy for Gio. Sad that he didn't win because honestly, when I looked at the winner's list, I was like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, Kiner, Kiner Falefa won the third base for the AL. So I was, you know, a little bit, a little bit sad about that, but Clint Frazier, I was just like, you know what? Hey, good for you. Just being nominated. The fact that he didn't win, I'm okay with it. We'll get but, there, Clint. You're a defensive stud now. Everybody knows it. We're going to get there. Yes. Clint, it's only the beginning. You are just going to shine moving forward because now you know what you're capable of. And now we know what you're capable of. And we like it. Yeah. We're, I'm, forget a gold glove. We are on our way to a Clint Frazier platinum glove. Just best defender in the game. We are on our way to a Clint Frazier World Series MVP seven times. Yes. Let's go. Yes. Clint Frazier forever. Right. Victory lap forever. We love I'm Clint. speaking it into existence. It is out there. It is out there. Do with it, do with it what you will. Can't take Look. it back. And you, you just have to assume we're right because we've been right about Clint from the jump. We know. We have foreseen everything with Clint Frazier. We said he's going to go back to being at least an average defender once these concussion symptoms wash up. And here he is. Gold glove candidate. I would... I would 
probably assume he came in second. I, I, Gallo definitely had him, but I would probably assume he came in second in the voting. Uh, I'll have yeah. to check into that. Yeah, I'd be interested to see the voting. Um, but yes, so proud of him for just being included. Gio, I was also proud of him for being included, but I also thought he really had a real shot because, well, he did so much and he saved so many games for the Yankees. Yeah, I just It was probably... Like, probably his only year on the ballot because Matt yeah. Chapman will be back next year and he's just yeah. gonna he just wins everything people are like oh he's just on there because he's sure-handed and I said have you seen some of the plays this gentleman has made that double like, play in the playoffs come on from his butt from his booty he threw it to second base I think that's the wow. first time we've ever said the word booty on this podcast even <laughs> even with Tommy Canley in the mix, and I don't think we've ever referred to it as his booty. You're you're absolutely right. We oh my god, wow! All right, so every time we refer to Tommy Canley from now on, it's about his ass. If we're referring to Gio Urshela, it's about his booty because he's adorable and he's a little baby. <laughs> okay. Booty. Hey, fair enough. Those are the rules. I don't make the rules. You make the rules. But I those the are the rules, rules from you just now follow on. Them. Yeah, Tommy Canley's ass, Gio Urshela's booty. Exactly. We have to uh, respect both of them. Absolutely. So last thing I have for the Yankees, uh, just some just fun news that was completely expected. Uh, baseball prospectus named Jason Dominguez as the Yankees' top prospect, obviously, because he is quite possibly the human embodiment of God, uh, a baseball God at least. I mean, he is an absolutely massive human being. He is maybe the best defensive outfielder in the system he definitely has the best arm he's one of the fastest he for sure has the best power in the system that's not even a question uh and i mean god help the league if he can also hit for contact when he makes it up i mean he's going to be the best player in baseball history if he can hit for contact on top of all those other tools you know, I'm starting to compare him in a way to something like DJ LeMayhew, but just home run DJ LeMayhew. Like that man was created since he was since he was born. He was put in like some sort of lab and just created to crush home runs because I have never seen a kid that age so big, so strong, and so apt to just hit home runs. It's absurd. Absolutely. I mean, I could watch Jason Dominguez highlight tapes and they're not even really highlight tapes because it's just him working out. It's not like he's played in a bunch of minor league games and it's like, hey, look at his highlights from the 2019 season. No, like he's just taking batting practice. I think I could watch that for 24 hours straight and just not be mad at all. Just be like, yeah, this James, is awesome. Let's do it again. James, I have a serious question for you. Yes. You said you, you could watch those videos all day, but you, you have been, correct? I don't feel inclined to answer that question on the podcast to save right, my reputation as a normal person. Plead the fifth. You got it. Plead the fifth. Absolutely. Um, you have anything else for the Yankees? Uh, no, except, uh, I mean, basically we, we talked a little bit about Brett Gardner um, and Jay Happ's uh, options being declined or the vesting option for Jay Happ. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen there. And obviously depends on what uh, injury status updates we have with certain players, but. Hap is gone. See. If, if Hap, I, I still don't know how it's going to work out. I feel like I, I remember something about an arbiter deciding if he gets credit for his vesting option in a shortened season. <laughs> uh, 
But if he doesn't, Hap's gone. There is no chance on in, in God's green earth that Jay Hap pitches for the New York Yankees in 2021 if he's not contractually obligated to. But Brett Gardner, I mean. Brett Gardner, back for sure. Brett Gardner's never leaving. See, but you're giving me so much hope right now, and I'm just, I'm so hopeful. He's never leaving. Brett Gardner's staying forever. Don't scare me like that. Okay, that's all I have for the Yankees. Um, I haven't seen anything else on social media real important besides Gio Urshela just vacationing and living his best life on the water on a super fancy boat. So continue, go on to the next topic. Love it. Okay, so we are just going to do a couple things for MLBY news. Things that I think I think deserve some noting because of how important they are. Uh, Alex Cora probably going to get hired by the by the Red Sox to be their manager again. Uh, right after AJ Hinch was hired by the Tigers to be their manager, so the cheaters are back. Do they just think this is over? Like, is is the MLB is like, oh, they forgot about it this year. Like, no worries. They forgot. So, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. They are going to get killed by Yankee Stadium fans if fans are allowed in Yankee Stadium next year. Whenever the Tigers are in town, whenever the Red Sox are in town, when their names get announced with the lineups, oh, boy. I mean, I'll be able to hear that shit from, from my house. But to be completely honest, we all knew the Red Sox were going to do that. Yeah, obviously. You know, it just, it was so obvious. I Like, right away, we're like, okay, this is definitely the plan. It's just one year. He's going to be back. It's it's fine. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, they're meeting with other candidates. Okay, well, Kyle Bloom flew down to Puerto Rico to meet with Alex Cora. Are we going to say he flew down to Puerto Rico to meet with a guy and not give him the manager position? Like, usually people come to you to do interviews you don't go to them when they want a job that you're offering they come to your office right so it's and especially with how horrific the red sox were this season they were like yeah oh, so we bad. might need some of that that cheating magic you know just bring it so back. so bad just so unbelievably bad i loved every minute of it uh me and my buddy max since since we met in college really so we're like seven years running oh my god seven years i am so fucking old jesus uh, we have had a running bet on the Yankees and the Red Sox. Every game is just ten dollars. You pay up at the end of the season, uh, at the end of the series. So this year, I made a cool eighty dollars off him. The Yankees went nine and one. Nice, cool eighty dollars right in the bank account. It was fantastic. I love when the Red Sox are bad. It makes me rich. I love when the Red Sox are bad. It makes me rich. I just like when they're bad. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I like when they're bad too. I just like it better when I'm also getting rich off it. When the Red Sox are bad, it cures my depression. So thank <laughs> you. Oh, hopefully they're bad again next year too. And you know, final thing, uh, Steve Cohen approved to buy the Mets should be finalized this week. And once he is the official owner of the New York Mets, oh boy, are they going to be dangerous. So he's coming in with, I, th- I think it's something crazy like eight, billion dollars more than the next billionaire owner in baseball like this guy's rolling in with like 12 billion and the next highest is like 2 billion or 3 billion or something i don't even know it's ridiculous so he could just spend whatever he wants he can get all the deals that he wants on in a slow free agent year um, he said that he'd rather make trades than sign people this year i think that's going to change once he sees the prices that players are going for uh, and uh, the Mets could be super dangerous starting next year. They could get Francisco Lindor. I could see that 
very easily happening because they have the means to sign him long term. But I think this is also a great thing for the Yankees too, because for the longest time, the Yankees were like, oh yeah, we're, we're the best team in New York. And like, not saying that the Mets are going to be the best team, but like now they have some resources at their disposal. So it's not like they're just going to sit around and be like, oh, the Yankees signed Garrett Cole. Great. Let's sign Dellen Batances. You know, things, things like that. I mean, they're going to have options this year. So honestly, I'm kind of excited to see what they're going to do because Yankees have held the title for a very long time as the best team in New York. And I would be very interested to see what the Mets are going to do. Absolutely. I know this is, this is kind of an unpopular take for Yankees Twitter. Yankees Twitter loves to hate the Mets. I mean, I, I don't hate the Mets. I'm actually, I am also very excited to see them become a perennially competitive team. I think it's going to be great for the New York baseball market. Uh, for so long, it's been so Yankees dominated. I think it's going to be great to have an actual crosstown rivalry. Uh, until this point, I have I have no hate for the Mets. I just think that their lack of success and the way they go about that lack of success, I think it's just it's just top notch humor. Yeah. So I guess, like in a way we might be eliminating some humor from our lives, which we can always use, but you know what? We can always laugh at other teams. Like like the Red Sox. Yeah, we can laugh at them. We can also laugh at like the Tigers because, you know, ha Oh, they are going to be bad. AJ Hinch does not make a single difference in that clubhouse. They are going to be so bad. Well, if we know how AJ Hinch runs a clubhouse, he's going to be like, yeah, do whatever you want. I say, hey, listen, I don't, I don't think that even if the Tigers started stealing signs, I still don't think they have the talent to, to actually capitalize on that. I, I just don't think it's there. I think they're, they're that bad as an organization. I definitely agree. But yes, I would be very excited to see what the Mets are going to do this year. So fingers crossed. Hopefully it's exciting. Absolutely. All right. You have anything else baseball wide? Baseball-wise, baseball-wise, I have my Brett Gardner doll. We're good. Fantastic. All right. So I think that's probably about 35 minutes. I think we actually kept this pretty tight. Wow, this is good. Wow. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll try to keep it to a tight 30 minutes for the offseason at least. We'll see what happens when, when news starts coming back. Maybe we'll just start talking randomly again. Maybe Danny course, Phantom enters, enters the mix again. Guests? Yeah, yeah I'm so going to try to line up some guests. Actually, we'll we'll correspond afterwards after the podcast. See who's on our who's on our top tier guest list. Let's see who we can get over. Ooh, I didn't even know we had a top tier guest list, so I'm very excited to to chat about this offline. So wait and see. But yeah, let us know too in the comments if you want any like any certain people us you know to try and get on because we would love to try. It's the off season. No one's got anything to do. Absolutely. All right. So that'll wrap it up for the week. Uh, I'm going to ask all of our listeners to leave us a five-star review. And in this five-star review, uh, tell me what you think the funniest part of this election has been. I think that'll get the people going. Well, I'll tell you what the funniest part of this election is. And it came from NFL memes, okay? I know it's not baseball, but it's NFL. I think I, think I know what you're talking about. And, and Oh my, I saw <laughs> it today. Said, this has no political, well, I was going to say, it does have political undertones, but it does not have any like political, like I voted for this person, I voted for this person. If Joe Biden and Donald Trump tie for Pennsylvania, 
they both still have a chance to win the NFC East. <laughs> that's Ouch. pretty good. My that's heart good. hurts, but that's not bad. that's not the one I saw today. The one I saw was um, it was like a, a twenty twenty five line description about how everybody hates him because he's a winner. He's the most competitive person out there. And you just, you hate him because you ain't him. And then at the end, it's like Tom Brady is bringing the Bucks back. It's like, oh, the parallels, they had me. They had me for like, they had me for 20 lines. I was reading this. So I was like, oh, I can't wait to rip my aunt to shreds for sending me this. I do hate that guy. And then it's Tom Brady. And I was like, I still hate that guy. But yes, there have been some pretty funny memes. Obviously, it's a very scary time and a lot of people are super anxious. And so we're not, I'm not trying to like make light or disregard anyone's feelings. But sometimes you just have to sit back and laugh a little bit. So that was your joke for the day. Fingers crossed tomorrow is better for everyone. Absolutely. Um, Very serious stuff. Yeah, it is serious stuff. So, um, but yeah, that's all I have for today. All right. We'll see you next week. All right. Sounds good.